Hello, everyone, and welcome to Waken Podcast. It's our first ever podcast. This is our first episode. I am one of your co-hosts, David Avalon. I'm here accompanied by my beautiful wife. Cassidy Avalo. Hello. So if you are unfamiliar with us, we are the husband and wife co-founders duo behind the brand Waken Apparel. So what we do at Waken is basically we curate um, and create a line of lifestyle and apparel that is kind of tailored for the modern adventure. I love that modern adventure. Yeah. Because that's what, I mean, it is a, a brand that's could be used for the outdoors for whatever your adventure is but what i really like about what we do mm-hmm. and what i feel like what was the purpose behind starting this is we give back yeah that was the foundation that was the foundation of what what we wanted to do and every item purchased 10 percent is donated to one of, one of our charity partners depends on the item mm-hmm. um we have some great charity partners we really do <laughs> You owe me a, what is that? Is it Jinx or how do you say it? Um, but it is really, we have amazing charities and some of my favorites are, they, they, they help with animal welfare or they aid in animal wildlife conservation, mm-hmm. whether it's elephants, rhinos, or helping a homeless puppy or, or, or cat find a forever home. And if you're in the Bay Area Peninsula, one of our charity partners is Pets and Needs, and they are the first no-kill shelter in Northern California, mm-hmm. which is huge. And so, but we don't just do animals. We also do our environment. Yeah. So two charities that we work with that are tailored more towards um, environmental is the Eden Reforestation Project, which actually plants 20 trees for every item sold that's in correlation with that. And also we work with the Oceanic Preservation Society. And they do some great stuff. They make documentaries on our oceans, what's going on. And it just kind of helps bring it home. Yeah. People can see that. Bring more awareness. Bring awareness. Ocean preservation. Some of our favorite documentaries are actually from them. That's how we discovered what they do. That's right. And we're, we're going to go more into... Yeah, our charity yeah. partners and what we do. But speaking of oceans, that's what our first episode is about. Yeah, it is. We're reviewing or talking about um documentary A Plastic Ocean, which can be found on Netflix, but we're also going to uh link it in our blog post. You're going to find it in the what is it called you said? The show notes. You can tell the show notes. We're new to this. We're new, so bear with us, but we're going to link it in various locations so you can find it it it's a really good documentary and we both recommend it um yeah i mean for me personally i was like the plastic bottle king i would just come just buy plastic bottles of water almost any chance i got every time i got in the car and little by little i got better but this documentary really opened my eyes it was like a slap in the face it really just showed Someone like me who doesn't think about it, you know, they brought out a good point. Yeah, you throw it away and you think it's it's you done. You don't with. have to think about it anymore. It's away. It's gone. Out of your possession. And it just really opened my eyes to how much responsibility we have as individuals. Mm-hmm. And it we can make the change. And so I really appreciated this um, documentary. 
And it wasn't just a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't like agenda driven, I feel like. No, it wasn't. It didn't just tug at your heart showing you like really heart wrenching yeah, scenes. Breaking your heart the entire, entire time. There was a lot of science. Guilty. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of science um, facts behind right. everything they did. And they went at it with like a, like, driven by curiosity, genuine curiosity for how did we get here? What are the actual effects of this? You know, um, and that's what I think made this documentary really like just great because, like you said, it wasn't agenda based. It was literally a documentary that was supposed to be something else because it starts off. Yeah, it starts off with um, I have his name here, Craig Leeson. He's like a whale enthusiast and he was actually starting the whole documentary trying to film the blue whale mm -hmm. and it took a turn it really did right they found the juvenile pygmy blue whale which they were so excited to document in the water documenting it and then the cameraman hands up to the surface so they get in the water right to get film of this Underwater. pygmy blue whale yeah. and like you said they they start start looking around this whale what's in the water what you know what's surrounding this well and it was it was bad yeah there was like a blanket as they pan up to the surface as the you know the cameraman's underwater looking up with the camera at the surface of the water and there's just a blanket of oil oil plastic and large chunks and small chunks it's just disgusting like i would not when he was filming underwater it looked beautiful but when you look up you would not want to be anywhere near that it was it was disgusting there was shoes mm -hmm. oil oil bins nets and what they were explaining was that whales the way they feed <clears throat> sorry whales the way they feed is they feed on krill and so they open their mouth and pretty much suck in everything in that path. Mm -hmm. And they are, they're sucking in these pieces of plastic, which was, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. One thing that I thought was really an interesting point that they brought out early in the film was that in the last 10 years, so the past decade, we've made more plastic than we did in the entire century before that. No, that's pretty crazy and half of that plastic is considered disposable and they just posed an interesting question which i think about a lot and i think um a lot of us would benefit by just kind of thinking about and it's how can something that is quote-unquote disposable be made out of nearly indestructible materials because in reality plastic is not made to degrade to biodegrade to go back into the environment it does degrade over time but that just means it's turning into smaller pieces yeah and and on that note craig leeson um enlists the help of tanya and i hope i'm saying this right tanya streeter she was like a world record deep yeah. diver she can hold her breath for a really long time. It was crazy and she said that quote that you're talking about those yeah. those stats and it was it was Going to back what we were talking about, it was just amazing how it. he started off with a documentary about whales mm -hmm. and it turned into something else, curiosity. Right. And that those stats that they reveal, like you just said, a, a, a pretty huge stat, just kind of fuels the documentary. There's so much scientific fact behind it, but also a lot of heart-wrenching scenes. Yes. I mean, there's definitely things that will break your heart in it. There is. Whale that they show. That a Brutus whale. Yeah. 
And I actually wrote down, they found six square meters of plastic sheeting inside of it, which kind of just kind of drives that point home that Mm -hmm. these poor whales, uh, marine life are just eating this stuff up. And I think a lot of the time we'll think, you know, oh, the plastic bags in the ocean, maybe it'll get caught on a fin or like... Sometimes I feel like people see it as not like it's going to be that, have that much of an effect on the marine life. Maybe they'll get tangled up in it, which is still could be detrimental. But like seeing all the plastic that has been ingested by these creatures, birds, whales, turtles, you know, plankton, everything. everything. And, and, you know, that they can't pass that. So it's not like it's just kind of they're in this and living within it. And it's not really affecting them. It's really, really having a detrimental effect on them. It is. It is. And even so, there was another stat that was brought up that um, 63 billion gallons of oil is used every year just to supply the U.S. with plastic water bottles, with plastic bottles. And more than 90% of those bottles are only used once. So it just shows all of that, how how bad the situation is. Um, they brought out a good point that every plastic, every plastic that's been ever that's ever been made is still on the planet in some form or another. Is that crazy? It's crazy. And, and that's where that whole like the microplastics. Sometimes they are in their whole form, and that's what we think of them as being like. Oh, there's just bottles floating everywhere, and there are, but you know, they can get degraded down into such a small plastic that has an even greater effect because it can reach so many more um, organisms. That's right. So, I mean, for those who don't know what microplastics are, so break it down. What microplastics are is they are broken down pieces of of larger plastics, right? And the way that happens is um, ultraviolet light from the sun ocean wave action and I have salt. it in my salt. That's right. Break down these little little pieces of plastic and they're rigid. Mm-hmm. So chemicals from industry and agriculture like pesticides get attached to these little pieces of plastic <clears throat> and they become like a toxic poison pill. Mm-hmm. And, and there's billions of them. There's billions of them. Um, they talk about taking this, or they show, sorry, they show that they take this huge net. It's not a huge net. I'm sorry. It's called a... I mean, it is. It's big, but it has, it catches microscopic pieces. It, it does. And it's called a mandatrol. Mm-hmm. And, and it looks like a drag net on top of it. It looks, a, it's a smaller one. It's about the size of a person and it drags on top because they get to this location. It looks beautiful. Yeah, it looks pristine. Blue waters. To the naked eye, you can't see anything. It looks like no plastic is there. There's nothing there. They drag this mandatrol for a little bit, and then they pull it out and empty it. And in there, there's just thousands of little pieces of plastic. I might have... Exaggerated. A little bit. But (laughs) there's a lot of plastic pieces in there. There is. And those are those poison pills. Yeah. They get, get broken down, and that gets into the food chain. Right. Which is... A really scary thing when you think about it for those who eat seafood these do you want i was just gonna say um that one thing that shocked me was the amount of 
plankton taking in this because this is another thing that we've learned through OPS documentaries was how vital phytoplankton is to us, our health as humans and the planet, because they're so small, but they, they affect us so much because we attribute basically half of our oxygen supply to them. I think that's the recent research is that they're almost, well, they are as important as the trees on land Mm -hmm. in creating oxygen for us. But one of the things that the documentary brought out that kind of was just crazy to me is that in the Mediterranean, which we were able to visit last year, one in two is the ratio of microplastic to plankton. And that's pretty crazy. These are the things that produce half of our, almost half of our oxygen and also are the bottom of the food chain, which so much of what we eat, I think it's like half of people a lot of people consume seafood especially in the mediterranean yeah from ocean sources and so speaking on that um so basically what happens is that from the smallest point the plankton Mm -hmm. to larger fish the toxins are getting in them these poison pills and it's not that it's sitting inside of their stomach because it is sitting in their stomach and they show that they show a little fish a tiny little fish the size of a pinky and they open it up and they were tons of little pieces of plastic in it but it's getting it's soaking in their in their body so it's it gets stored in their fat in their muscles in the meat which people want the parts that we ingest yes and so we're eating chemicals from industry from agriculture pesticides all of that is in our oceans and it's in our food so it's it's harming everyone right. ocean life humans our planet it is it is a huge issue and the documentary does a really good job at pointing that out without sounding preachy or judgmental. Yeah, it's just yeah. here. It, it does it's in a way. Like, this is what's happening. Here are the facts. Here's what's happening, and it does hit home. It does open your eye. Um, it talks about uh, they take they take a camera crew to Fiji. Do you remember that in the in the film? Take a camera crew to Fiji and it shows the people how they live with the plastic yeah. and how they use it to cook. And they're burning pieces of plastic for as kerosene. Right, because it's cheaper than It's buying. cheaper and it's everywhere. Right. And so they're using it to cook and they're breathing this in while they're cooking. And it's causing cancer yeah. for people. It's causing major respiratory issues, even... Um, Craig, who is there, he's like, I, my eyes are burning just standing here. Yeah, you can see the and, tears. Yeah, he's getting like a migraine, his lungs, in, and, and the, the women were like, you know, yeah, that it happens, you kind of get used to it. And then there was a scientist who actually, um, I don't know what the device was, but he was able to take in the smoke, smoke. created from that to study how, um, I don't know what level. It was pretty level. much a like a mini lung. Yes, yeah, it mimicked what the in impact on a lung would be and he showed from wood burning smoke was which was really it was light it was like a mocha latte yeah it was like a light brown but the one from the the plastic it was it was black it was black and it was bad and he was saying that that scientist was saying that this is what people are breathing and it's causing some real issues but then they jump from that point they jump into what it does to our bodies in terms of um 
like our hormones. Oh yeah, like endocrine disrupting. And that was crazy. I never thought of it like that. I, you know, you hear the BPA free, and it really does have to have. Well, you you told me about that. What is that about the lining? If it has a lining, it's. Oh well, that I mean, there was a scientist in there that you know they go and they. I don't. It was like the something plastic. They study plastics and how harmful they are and. Um, you know, we do fixate on things like BPA and things not having BPA. And we think if we have plastic without BPA, then we're good. We're solid. It's fine. But he likened it to, you know, that's like saying you caught, um, what's the guy that the Italian mobster? Oh, Al Capone. I think. Yeah, that's like saying you, well, yeah, we'll just use him. That's like saying you caught Al Capone. You won the war on, you know, on crime, crime in America. You know, that's just one thing because plastic in its essence is just chemicals, synthetic chemicals coming together for, to create a product. So no matter if you take BPA out, there's still a hundred other chemicals that are creating whatever product you're using. That's true. And it's so that those points that they brought out was really something that hit home, too. I mean, I, I think about what parents you know when they give their children a, a water a bottle of water or 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 baby bottle or baby bottle yeah, or even us when we're drinking from what we think is a bpa free bottle too and it could be but it also couldn't be and so there's just a lot to think about when when it comes to plastics right. they're really just bad all around they're yeah. for our, for our health for the health of the planet and for the the animals and that scene with the birds really just about to start talking about that that was so disturbing because you I, you know you see pictures circulate and of these you know um decomposing animals with just their stomach full of plastics and sometimes maybe i've thought oh that could be an artist's rendition almost of like trying to get attention for something. Yeah, something exaggerated. Fully accurate of like that happening. But this woman who goes and studies these seabirds in Australia or... I can't say with accuracy where it was, but... Somewhere coastal. And she, you know, finds these birds that have died or, you know, and she cuts them open and their stomach is just filled. Filled. So some something like a third of the weight of the bird or even more half of the weight. She was saying that like that would be the equivalent of us eating 30 or 30, did she say 30 or 13 full pizzas? Full pizzas. In our stomachs. And they can't pass that, you know, that yeah. they can't eat. And that's how they die. Food. Yeah. That's how they die. When they opened those birds up, it really broke my heart. Even when it was, there was a baby bird mm-hmm. and they, they caused it to throw up to see what was in the stomach. Right. I felt bad for the bird, by the way. He was a little baby, and yeah. he's like, what are you doing to me? They got plastic out of him. But they got plastic out of him. But they found plastic already in this like pretty much newborn baby bird. And just to see that was, was heartbreaking. But there was a – they said that an estimated 98% of all seabirds swallow plastics in, at, at some time in their lives. 98%, so pretty much almost 100%. Every single seabird swallows plastic in their lives. And they think, you know, as a human, you try everything you can to give your children nourishment and, you know, you want to pass on your genetics to a healthy person. You know, you want them to be able to live a long life. And 
I mean, not that birds are com- as complex as humans, but still they think that they're doing something good for their young. You know, they think they're, they're feeding them. Yeah. But what they're giving them could potentially kill them. It could kill them. And they don't know that. Yeah. And so it's just heart wrenching to see all of that happening. And it's because of how easy it is to do that. Yeah. It is e- so easy to reach for a water bottle as opposed to preparing ahead of time. And that's what I struggled with. Mm-hmm. It, it, this documentary really did open my eyes on that. So now I prepare. You're using your hydro flask. I do. A whole lot more. <laughs> People make fun of me because it is pretty big. But I feel like when it comes down to the individual, we have a lot of power. We can do, we can make change and we can choose what to pick or choose to not pick a piece of plastic or maybe like today I went to Molly Stones to get a salad and they had compostable salad containers that were pretty much like a cardboard yeah. almost. And it no lining, was no lining at all. Even the lids were. Yeah. So that's, it's totally compostable. Which I thought was super cool. And even inside of it said, in 90 days, this will be completely gone. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. And so we can choose to do things that help bring change. Right. And demand for that. But we're going to go in part two. We're going to talk more about. We definitely are. How, you know, you can put the things that we're talking about into practical application in your life. Because it really can be overwhelming, especially. Right off the bat. all in a different, you know different circumstances, different resources, different, you know, some of us might be learning this for the first time. Some of us might be a little farther on our journey, but everybody's on a different spot. So it can be overwhelming wherever you are. And so we just want to make it a little bit less overwhelming in part two. So stay tuned for that. You know, what really broke my heart too. What? You know, the animals were breaking my heart and everything was breaking my heart in this film. Cause it's, it is heartbreaking, but yeah. seeing the kids in Manila, plane amongst all that plastic it was like an and like island of plastic mountain of plastic that just catches on fire when it gets too hot because and they're breathing that in and these kids are using like they made a little basketball court out of like the the rim and the, the, the i mean the hoop they made it out of plastic and they're playing there and they they use these plastics for everything and it's really sad to see because and i think of my nephew and some of these kids were my nephew's age playing basketball and digging amongst the plastic and it was it was heart-wrenching it really was it was unreal to see and all of the um because they built basically um in this part it's like a mountain of garbage that became landfill and just it's been there for years and the people near that have was it lymphoma what is the respiratory cancer i forgot what it's called i can't remember but there was so much more of that because of just it affects their health so much and it's just washing up on shore because they don't have you know the rest of the parts of the world in a lot of ways look to the west as like and they're playing catch-up too yeah but but they don't realize the detriment of our habits that we've you know come to be accustomed to like disposable plastics you know these cultures for for centuries didn't have that and they were able to be sustainable in their own ways and then Adopting the plastic mentality—it's been ruining these beautiful countries. Yeah. And, you know, making their water undrinkable, and they can't even fish in certain areas because the fish are so like, you know, they're absorbing all the plastic. So now they're having health issues because of their food sources. Yeah. And things like that. No, it's really sad, and just all around. 
I mean, it's a really good documentary, and we recommend everybody watch it. I think if if you're interested in that kind of stuff, and if you want to help in some way, you know, even if it's it, it might seem like as an individual it's impossible to do, but they really explain it really well that as an individual you could do a lot. Yeah, and just being more aware. It's like we're not gonna ever be perfect because we don't live the system in which things are produced don't allow for us to produce no waste that's kind of a facade that you know there's no way to be perfect but we can do better depending on what where we're at where our circumstances are what resources we have available to us we can improve we can be definitely can that's right so it's it's a really good documentary it's a good watch and i recommend everybody watch it and we're again we're going to link it in our um, blog posts and our show notes. show notes. And we're also going to um, remind you to watch it on Netflix because you can find it on Netflix. So if you guys have a Netflix or if you know of anybody that has a account, if you want to do a little screening party, that I, that's pretty cool too. Just, just I recommend everybody watch it because it really does inform you and open your eyes to a lot of stuff that's going on and... It's just a really good documentary. I, I recommend everybody watch it. Um, but part two of this podcast <clears throat> will be steps that we've taken as individuals to minimize our own waste and steps you can take. Mm-hmm. We'll also talk about the steps they recommended in the film in the film as well. So please stay tuned to that. And to do that, we recommend you subscribe to wakeintheperil.org. We send out a newsletter. It'll be linked in there, and you'll be able to, you'll be the first to know when we release our podcast as well. As well, also, you will receive a little ten percent little discount. discount when you subscribe. Um, this podcast will always be what's sponsor free. I blanked for a little bit. It's going to be sponsor free because we're doing this. Through our company, this is this is what we're doing. And so, if you want to support us, again, go on over to baconapparel.org or get yourself something nice and, and help the environment. Help the environment in the in the process. Our, our blankets are made from recycled textile waste from the U.S. So that's and some of our shirts are made from recycled water bottles. So that or organic cotton. So we so go ahead, subscribe at wakingapparel.org. And look out for part two of this podcast where we will be going into a little more detail on how you can, as an individual, minimize your waste. And right after you listen to this, go to our Instagram at wakeintheperl.org, find the latest post, whatever, and comment what um, another topic you'd like us to talk about. Yeah, and if you watched it, if you watched the document. And what you thought of it. What were your thoughts on it? Thoughts on it too. But let us know and um, any topics you'd like to talk us to talk about in the future. So Thursday we will be releasing part two of this documentary. So make sure you're on the lookout. Thank you everyone for listening to us and for bearing with us. Cause this is our first podcast. So it was probably a little rough, you know, we understand yeah. we get it. We were super nervous to do it. Yeah. we. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's so funny because it's just us two looking at each other and talking. There's no one else in this in our office. But we were nervous. Yeah. But we were, we're excited to do this project and to bring you along. We're going to have so many different topics, and we hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, and we will see you in the next one.